0: Welcome to the Inspire Church Podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. You know, last weekend was Easter and uh, hopefully you came to church on Easter, brought your family to church on Easter. But I kind of just want to capitalize on the story, the Easter story of his crucifixion and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think that there's some power in there that we can miss. Sometimes we... When we talk about Jesus in in the sense of dying for our sins, we would automatically sometimes assume it'd be for the people who don't know Jesus, the people who are living in sin. But there's power that's on the cross that's available for those of us who are Christian who still stumble into sin from time to time. There's power on the cross for those of us who who don't always get it right, because here's what you'll learn that when you give your life to Jesus, you're not perfect. (laughs) This thing's a a work in progress. You're sitting next to someone who screws up a lot right next to you. Yeah, they don't want to admit it. They are lying in church right now. They screw up a lot. And it's okay, you know, because Jesus died for us to be able to live a life that we could not live on our own. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be preaching a message. If you're taking notes today entitled, just come, just come, just come. It's actually the anthem of God. It's actually the echo of heaven that we would just come. Jesus says it like this in the book of Matthew. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter um, 11. He says this in verse 25. He says, at the time Jesus prayed this prayer, O father, Lord of heaven and earth. Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, father, it pleased you to do it this way. My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble. And gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus makes this open ended opportunity to anyone who's heavy, weary, tired and has a burden. Now, here's what I've learned is that, you know, when you struggle with sin, when you're outside of a relationship with Jesus, there is a natural heaviness that comes on your life, a natural burden that comes on your life due to choices, regret, some things that you've done to people, some things that have been done to you. But when Jesus says, come all ye who are weary, he's just not talking about people who don't know him. He's talking to people who are Christians, who love him, who want to serve him, But can I be honest that even as a Christian, there are seasons in our life where it gets heavy, where there's a burden, where we're tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're trying to do things right and we still do things wrong. We're trying to live this thing out, but it's hard because the tension, the culture wants us to go one direction and we're trying to live a different direction. And it's hard. It's exhausting. And many of you, if you're really honest, you have a piano on your back. You got this grand piano of weight. And it's not because you're not in relationship with Jesus. And it's not because you are in relationship with Jesus. It's because it's life. And Jesus says, if you're tired, he doesn't say how you got tired. He doesn't say how you got weary. He doesn't say how you got the burden. He doesn't say that, you know, if, if you did something stupid or someone did something stupid to you, he said, if you're tired, if you're wore out, just Come. You're addicted. Just come. You got issues. Just come. You were at the pub last night. Just come. You didn't work good in your marriage. Just come. You made some choices you wish you didn't make. Just come. You got issues. You got addictions. Just come. You think you don't need me. Just come. You think you do life without me. Just come. If you're tired, if you're burnout, if you're heavy burden, just come. Actually, in the in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, there is like an anthem, an echo that is given right before we would close the pages. And it's almost like God wanted us to know from cover to cover one essential thing. It says this in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, 17, it says this, the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears Say, come, let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wants to drink of water of life, drink it. It's a free gift. You ain't got to do something special to get to Jesus. All you got to do is just come. He does all the special stuff. You just bring your normal, average, crazy self to God and let God fill you up with the living water that doesn't run dry. Just come. Look at your neighbor and say, come. God closed the Bible with an invitation. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ was never meant to be a no trespassing sign. It was never meant to be a symbol to keep the bad people out and let the good people in. Matter of fact, the cross of Jesus Christ was an open invitation to whosoever. I mean, he said, right, all who are weary. I I looked up the Greek and Hebrew of the word all. You know what it means? All. (laughs) It means all. That means the people you don't agree with. That means people who live contrary to you. That means people who come to church every year only on Easter. That means people who think they can do it without God. That means people who are one way in church and one way out in the world all. That means the homosexual, the drug addict, the adulterer, the murderer, the liar, the cheater, the gossiper, the thief, the glutton. It means all. Whosoever can come. He invites all his love's irrational. It doesn't make sense to us because we, we have a limiter, right? Of how much we're willing to love somebody. And we don't like to admit that, but when people do us too wrong, then we put up a barrier that says you can't come any closer. Like I'll be nice to you at church, but you're not coming over to the house to dinner. You know, it's like, it's like, I'll be nice to you at school, but we ain't hanging out after this. You can, I'll high five you cause pastor told me to, but my kids are never going to your house. Right. When, 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 when we have experienced a pain in life, we have a threshold that causes us to not love like God's love. And so sometimes the way we work, we would assume that's how God works. Like if I can't love that type of person, then how can God love that type of person? Because we're always okay with God loving the people that we're comfortable with their sin. But when it's an uncomfortable sin, then it's hard for us to imagine that God could actually love them. Because we don't agree with that. Am I making sense today? But this cross The blood of Jesus Christ is an open invitation to anyone. It was never meant to be a barrier keeping the bad people out. Matter of fact, when Jesus dies and breathes his last breath, the Bible says the veil in the temple was torn in two. You want to know why it was torn in two? Because the veil used to be a thing to keep unholy people out and only holy people could get in. But when Jesus died, that thing split wide open to become an access for anyone can get to God. That's good news. You should shout amen right about there. So this love is kind of crazy. It's irrational. And I want to talk about what this love invites us to. I'm going to give you three things that this love invites us to. This love invites certain things from us. And if we if we're unwilling to lay these things at Jesus' feet, we will end up living at less than the life that God wants us to live at. And I would encourage you, whether this is your first time in church, your second time back because you came Easter for the first time in a long time, if you've been in church your whole life, I want you to not think of someone else when I'm preaching. I want you to think of yourself and go, do I got something heavy that I can lay at Jesus' feet? The first thing his love invites is his love invites our sin. His love invites our sin. He actually says, come on, give me that. The imperfections, missing the mark, the things we regret. Go ahead and give me that. Now, when I said the word sin, some of you didn't even, weren't shocked by it. You're like, okay, yeah, we're talking about sin in church. That's what we do. We talk about sin in church. Now, other people, on the other hand, when I said the word sin, you're like, oh no, why did you bring me to church today? This guy's going to talk about sin again. But let me just release the pressure and try to put even playing field. Like you are sitting next to a stone cold sinner. (laughs) Like everyone. Everyone. Like when I'm talking about Jesus wants to lay your sin, I'm talking about your sin, your sin, your sin, your sin. Your sin too, yours. Yep, this whole front row, all sinners. Yep, the people who came early, the worst of them all. We got sinners all around here, all around the back. Yep, people running the cameras, sinners. The tech team, sinners. The people in blue shirts, sinners. Pastor John, sinner. This is true. I'm just telling you. Sometimes we make this thing only qualify a couple people. We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. There is no one in here that's perfect. If you are, please leave. You're going to mess it up for the rest of us. And so this Jesus says, okay, I invite your sin. Not just the person who doesn't know Jesus that sins. The person who does know Jesus and sin. Because some of you, if you're really honest, come on, we don't get it right all the time. We're supposed to love Jesus and we're supposed to serve Jesus, but we don't always make the right decisions. We're a work in progress. That's what sanctification is. That is God working out our sin nature until he returns on the glorious day to take us unto heaven. But until then, you and I are a sinner that's saved by grace and we need the mercy of God. And some Christians never live the life that they can because they will not continue to lay the sin at Jesus feet. Here's what we do. The moment when Jesus comes into our life for the first time, we think of all the sin we've ever done, right? It comes in like a flood. Oh my goodness. When I was five and I stole the bubble gum and (laughs) when I lied to my teacher when I was 12 and when I snuck out of my parents' house and they still don't know because I didn't tell them, right? So we got all these things. I had sex before I was married. I had this abortion. I was addicted to this drug. I stole money at work. The list goes on and on. All of us have these scenarios. And Jesus comes in and we realize, oh my goodness, how can he love me? In spite of everything, he'll really still choose me. I wouldn't choose me, but he'll choose me. And so in that moment, we realize that God forgave me of all my sins. But here's what happens. And then we step into a relationship with Jesus. And a month goes by. A year goes by and then we sin again. And in that moment, the enemy could easily go to work on your life and he can make you believe that now God will never love you because of the one thing. Like he forgives you for the million things, but now the one thing is going to be the thing to detract him. When Jesus chose you, he chose you knowing every sin you'll ever commit. That when he got up on the cross and died for you, it wasn't for just yesterday's sin. It was for today's sin and for tomorrow's sin. That the blood that Jesus poured out on you is a perpetual life-giving source so that you can keep on getting back up every time you fall down. And there's many Christians who never live a fulfilled life because they mess up and refuse to bring the sin back to Jesus' feet. It's almost like, oh, no, he won't forgive me this time. Oh, no, nope, nope, I'm too awful. I said I wasn't going to do it. This happens to me every three months. Why is this happening to me? Why do I let the anger get the best of me? I know I'm supposed to have self-control. Why did I just cuss those people out? Yeah, see, no one admit that stuff, but y'all do that. Why did I think that thought? Why did I look at that thing? Why did I go to that place? Why did I, why did I? And then we can feel like, oh, no, i got to go back to church. And, oh, no, God's going to be mad at me. He he must hate me now. And Jesus says, yeah, you, sinner. (laughs) Just come. Just come. His love doesn't just invite our sin. It invites our shame. Thank you for listening to part one of this message.